Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. As always, I'll be joined by Director of Braves Alumni Relations and 1995 World Series champ Greg McMichael. And we've got a, a fun treat for you today. Our buddy Kevin McAlpin from the Braves Radio Network is going to join us, and we're going to go through all 29 teams that the Braves will face in the 2023 schedule. Yes, this will be the first time in the modern era of Major League Baseball that teams have a balanced schedule and that they will play all 29 other teams at least once throughout the course of the season. So really fun kind of preview and a look at like what are some fun things that we as Braves fans can can look forward to next year when the Braves play all 29 other teams. As I said, this is Behind the Braves presented by Jostens. Jostens has just been a tremendous partner for us this year. If you haven't already been to jostens.com slash Braves to check out the awesome line of merchandise inspired by the 2021 World Series ring, I highly recommend you get over and do that. Uh, listen, I I've been doing my Christmas shopping this month, and I can tell you there's some great gifts on jostens.com slash Braves for the Braves fan in your life. So be sure to go check that out. But let's get right into it. Hey, we got 29 teams to go through, so we might as well get right into the conversation with our pal, Kevin McAlpin. Well, Kev, thanks for joining us here on Behind the Braves. It's always good to catch up with you. You and me, your son Max and Ben Ingram had ourselves just a dandy time at the the Hawks Celtics game last night. So we decided we better uh, we couldn't do this during the morning because we all needed some recovery time because uh, we were out late having a good time. So thank you for uh, for joining us. Thought we'd do something kind of fun with uh, next year with 2023 being the first ever time in the modern era of Major League Baseball that we're going to have a true balance schedule, meaning the Atlanta Braves are going to play all 29 other teams. Now, just to clarify, we're not going to see all 29 here at home at Truist Park, but we will. The Braves will play all 29 either here or on the road. And I don't know. I don't know if either of y'all know this. I haven't looked into it. I don't know if at some point down the road, maybe there will be a balanced schedule where every team will have a home and away. I, I don't know. I guess is that coming down the pipeline? Does anybody know? It's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think this is a great move by MLB just to grow the game. I mean, you know, you talk about just locally here in Atlanta. You haven't seen Mike Trout since, what, 2014, if I'm not mistaken, uh, due to injuries and the COVID season. So you'll get a chance to get, you know, your eyes on some of the best players. So I think from a – and, Greg, you can probably speak to this better than either of us, growing the game, superstars that you don't see around the country. I think this is this is huge for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think there's a couple factors at play. I think it's always great to be able to bring in more superstars into your market and attract some of those fans from other teams that that may not be. They may be Toronto Blue Jay fans or they may be, you know, California Angels fans, but they don't ever get to go out there and see them. But they but they live here in Atlanta. I mean, we know we're in a very corporate town, so I, I would imagine there'll be a lot of interest from people who have fans other than Bra that are other than Braves fans. I think the other thing that I, you know, I'd love to talk about too is that from a pitching standpoint, I love to see more teams less frequently. So if you think about it, I don't want to play the 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 Mets twenty times. I don't want to play the Marlins twenty times. You know, if you if now I can pick up and play teams that don't know me as well, then my I have less starts against the teams that know me so well because I think it's more of a challenge. The more hitters see you, the, the easier it is for them to understand your tendencies and to 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 hit better off of you. But I love 
to having the opportunity to pitch to more teams that I may only see one time. So as a relief pitcher, I may pitch one time against the Mariners or twice, you know, as a starter, I may have one start, I may have no starts against them. And so now there's less starts against the teams that really know you. Now, the downside of that is that there may be a team that sees you really well and uh, you may you may have to, you know, hit against the Mike Trouts of the world and the Shohei Otani. So uh, that's the downside. But I think from a pitching standpoint, it helps the pitchers to see hitters less from an overall perspective. Great point. So, you know what? We, we've talked about the Angels here. Let's start out there. Let's just start with the AL West. Let's do it division by division because I think this year the Angels came to town. Unfortunately, Trout was injured, so we didn't get to see him. But even still... In my eight seasons working in Major League Baseball, at least in the regular season, I've not seen a press box as full as it was for when the Angels were in town. The amount of media that are traveling with the Angels uh, just to cover Shohei Otani is is unbelievable. And but from a fan perspective, as soon as I saw the 2022 schedule, that was the first that was the first series I circled because I thought, well, we should get to see Trout and Otani. We didn't get to see Trout, but we should get to see Otani at least as a hitter. And of course, we ended up getting to see him pitch as well. So to me, that's one I circle on the calendar immediately because you're you got a chance to see not just one, but two generational talents. Right, right, Kev? Yeah, and, and look, you don't see him in the postseason, so you get a chance to see him <laughs> up close, right? That's the one thing that's missing on, on both right. of their resumes, right? Right. And for yeah. Major League Baseball, I mean, that those are guys you want to see in October. And unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. And it hasn't been for a lack of spending, right? I mean, they've spent on Rendon, they've spent on Trout, um, they've spent on some other pieces as well. It just hasn't worked out. They just haven't had the pitching. But I, I'm Rick, I'm with you. Um, I was so excited to see the Angels. And again, unfortunately, Trout was was hurt at that time but uh, get a chance to see Otani pitch in person you know it's one thing to watch him on TV it's one thing to see him in an all-star game it's another to actually be in the building and it was uh it was a full house in that press box and that, that's again to me I think is is really really exciting and you know it worked out perfectly for us because the Braves ended up getting to Otani he started out great ended up scoring a few off of him Braves played great that weekend won the series and people can say they saw Otani hit a home run they saw Otani pitch but they also saw the Braves win so that, that that's a win-win for Braves fans <laughs> well, remember uh, when he came in here he was on a serious roll I think he had hardly given up a run in like four or five starts and so for us to get to him late I think there was even more build up to that to that uh, to that series Yep. Okay, so let's stay in the AL West here. Uh, I think this is another kind of like the Angels, kind of another slam dunk of why slam with with why Braves fans should want to come out to Truist Park and watch this matchup. Uh, the two defending World Series champions, Braves, facing off against the Astros in early April, or I'm sorry, early in the season in April. Kev, that should be a good one. Am I am I right? Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Jordan Alvarez is the guy that uh, obviously everyone will be focused on. I mean, this guy just set the world on fire. 37 and 97 uh, homers in RBI during the regular season last year and obviously had some big moments uh, in the playoffs as well. But man, that that Astros team is loaded. You saw it against Philadelphia. Um, Happy for Dusty Baker uh, to finally get that elusive. We know he'll be back uh, with the Astros next season. But uh, yeah, for me, you know, while they have a lot of star power on that team, they've got a lot of great arms, a lot of great offensive players with Tucker and Bregman and Altuve. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is worth the price of admission for me uh, as much as anybody else on that ball club. This is a really special player, and he's going to be he's going to be a handful to deal with for a long time. So if you get seats in the chop house, there's a chance you might go home with a souvenir. Hopefully, it's in like a Braves like you know ten two win, uh, right. but maybe 
you maybe just maybe you might take home a souvenir or two if you're sitting up there. Get there for batting practice is what I would tell you. Well, speaking of what's well, rolling right along with that theme of a player you probably want to come see from the ALS, the Mariners come to town in May and they got a pretty good dude there that uh, folks should want to come out and see, too. Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. I mean, look, he he was, uh, you know, again, sort of what we talked about when it comes to Shohei Otani, where you saw him from afar, you saw him on some of the highlight shows, but you really didn't know much about him. Uh, boy, he had some big moments, unfortunately, at the Braves expense in that series uh, in Seattle. Now they add another big piece uh, in Teoscar Hernandez as well. Mariners are going for it. And I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but man, it's it's fun to see a team like that that goes, what, 20, 21, 22 years between playoff appearances, and now all of a sudden they're they're fully foot on the gas out there in the uh, in the American League West. So it's a good young team. It's a really, really fun team to watch, and uh, we'll get a chance to see that. So I'm looking forward to seeing Julio Rodriguez. Again, hopefully he has some moments, but hopefully they come in a couple of losses for the Mariners. Yeah. Well, May is a pretty heavy AO West month for the Braves because they also go on the road to take on the Rangers and the Athletics. I ch- okay. Athlet- Braves go visit Oakland. Again. Again. What's up with that? So, I mean, I have fond memories of visiting that stadium almost 30 years ago. You can see some uh, some former Braves out there. Kevin, what you've been out, you've made that trip out to Oakland before, right? And I know Greg played out in Oakland for a little bit. So, uh, and who knows who knows how much longer, quite frankly, and the commissioner commented on this the other day, who knows how much longer the Oakland Athletics will still will be the Oakland Athletics. They might be the Las Vegas Athletics in the coming years. So but let's, those two road series in May, the Rangers and uh, the Athletics, what, what do you think about those, Kev? Well, look, I, it's it's the, the Coliseum's not exactly. And look, if you were there 30 years ago, Rick, uh, not a lot has changed. It's probably exactly the same as it was. <laughs> it's just a little bit older uh, now than when you were out there. Uh, look, yeah, it's, it's not a great team. It's a team that's in rebuild mode uh it's one that uh like like greg said you're going back out there again i feel like we go out there almost every year now and you'll go out there every other year with this balanced schedule but it's a team that's it's in transition they're they're a ways off uh, like you said there was some former braves in there uh when we saw them come to atlanta this year but you know young pitching is probably what they're going to try to build this thing around you know irvin's a, a guy that i think has a halfway decent future. It didn't work out for him in Philadelphia. He gets dealt out to Oakland. Um, but they're they're really they when you talk about stripping it down to the studs, that's kind of where they're at in their rebuild. They're just getting started uh, in that division. They got a long way to go. It's going to be tough. Now the flip side of that is the the Rangers, a team that spent what half a billion dollars last off season, uh, bringing in uh, you know with Simeon and, and bringing in uh, Corey Seager as well. Didn't pan out for them this year, uh, but look, that's a team that again they they spent a lot of money. They've got a, a big picture uh, in, in trying to 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 build a a contender uh, over the next few years, and I think you know expectations they're 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 certainly raised with how much money they spent. Again, it didn't work out this year. Expanded playoffs, though, maybe they're a year or two away. Well, and I could say this: if you're a Braves fan and you're you're like you're in the Oakland area or the Northern California area, look. The Braves are a team that expects to compete, expects to be good. So the Oakland, the Oakland team is is rebuilding. So as a Braves fan, you should, if you can get tickets or you're, you're out in that area, you should be, you should expect to see some some great Braves games. You should see, you should expect to see some Braves wins. And that's a that for me is enough for the price of admission. And Texas, brand new ballpark still. Uh, they just they just got awarded the what the 2024 All Star Game today. Is that was just announced. So mm-hmm. a lot to be excited about there. So so that covers the AL West. So 
Let's see. Let's let's jump around. Let's stay in the American League. I think that's a, a fun place to uh, to be. I'm really this is one I've got circled for me in July, right coming out of the All Star break. Tim Anderson and the White Sox. I, I enjoy watching. To I've not getting, gotten to see Tim Anderson in person before, so I'm excited about that one. What do you think about the White Sox coming to uh, coming to Truist, Kev? Yeah, I mean, Abreu is another really good player for them as well. Uh, but yeah, Anderson's uh, a guy that uh, he's probably one of the the better players in baseball. I've said this about a few guys. I've, I've said it about uh, a couple other guys this season. He's probably one of the better players that you've never, you don't really know anything about, right? Cronenworth uh, is the guy that I said that about when the Padres came in. I said, this is one of the best players in the game that nobody has has a clue about. So uh, for me, yeah, I, they, they've got a good team. Again, another one that spent a lot of money this year, got some good pitchers as well uh, with uh, Giolito. Um, obviously, uh uh, they got some other Del, Dylan Cease as well. I mean, that's it's going to be a good series. Uh, I know the the Larusa thing didn't pan out, so they're they're moving on from that. But uh, ultimately, it's a good offensive team. And again, another one that's they've spent a lot of money the last few years to make them uh, a team that probably had higher aspirations than they accomplished here in 2022. Yeah, when I think about the the Central, you know, we think we look at how the playoffs shook out and. You know, you had pretty strong presence with the uh, the American League East and American League West, but um, the Central kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I mean, even though the White Sox, like you said, they kind of underperformed, they were still a really good team, and and we kind of saw the Guardians as kind of this Cinderella story. But I, I expect that Central to get stronger, and uh, they may be, you know, they may uh, have a pretty good breakout year here for this, you know, upcoming season. Don't know much about the Twins. But uh, at least the Guardians and White Sox are pretty young, where I think they're going to be good for years to come. Yep. And you'll get a chance. The Twins will will be visiting uh, Truist Park. Braves take on the Royals, Guardians, and Detroit all on the road. I know Kansas City just announced uh, plans for building a new ballpark. I think moving their ballpark to downtown Kansas City. I will say the sentimental side of me, with that being the case, I would say go see the Braves at Kauffman Stadium while you get a chance. It's still one of my favorites. Uh, I, it's been... It's been about 10 years since I was out there, but when I was out there, they had just gotten done with the, I think they'd recently con- completed a renovation and it's just, it's a, it's a unique place. Fountains are great. And I know they they were going to incorporate those elements into the new place they're planning. But to me, that would be my reason. Go, go, go catch a game at Kauffman stadium because it looks like, and it might be a few years, but it looks like it's days are numbered. So yeah, well, you have a downtown facility, uh, Kauffman stadium. Like you said, the, the, the fountains are beautiful. Uh, it's a cool little place. They've got a, a nice little hall of fame out there in left field as well a lot of brave fans in kansas city as well so it's one of those older relic kind of ballparks that's uh, going away uh and if if those renderings are, are any indication my goodness that place is going to be uh, pretty awesome to have a downtown building there in uh, in kansas city so coffin stadium yeah it, it's cool it's got a lot of history in there uh they haven't done a lot of winning lately unfortunately for for fans out there but um new building Figure they'll probably spend some money. So yeah, get a get a chance to see it while you can. Not much, not many more opportunities. You know, Ricky, we might have to figure out a road trip. Um, we, one thing that we could potentially do now is take this on the road. There's got to be some Braves fan fans in some of these cities where they they hang out at a sports bar, right? If they're not going to the game, where we could maybe go check them out before the game and then go say, I haven't even been to Kauffman Stadium, so I, I've got to see that before they tear it down. I, I love that Bra- the behind the Braves road trip. We'll grab Kev, maybe Max, and we'll just all we'll all head up there for the weekend or something. The Negro League Museum is in Kansas City. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. 
phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Bob Kendrick, president of the museum, on with us, and I think we, we I'm sure he'd love to uh, for us to come visit him again. Kaufman is great. The barbecue, of course, in Kansas City is phenomenal. So it's it's a great road trip to make. Arthur Bryant's Jack Stacks, two best barbecues in Kansas City. Arthur Bryant's is like a three-block walk from the Negro League Baseball Museum. Place is awesome, and I can echo that with Bob Kendrick. I got a private tour with Bob. He showed me around. That place is, <laughs> is awesome. So, yeah, put that on your list. Um, it is, And there's a jazz museum that's connected or right across the street or across the hallway or whatever it is. Uh, I didn't do that one yet, but I've heard that's a pretty cool stop as well if you're, uh, if you're so inclined. There you go. I've never been to uh, Detroit to the ballpark there. Uh, I know Detroit takes a lot of it takes a lot of heat on the internet and uh, just the city in general as far as a place to visit. But I got to tell you, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of years ago. But I had a great trip to Detroit years ago, going to see the Ford Museum. Just an incredible amount of American history there. Uh, and from what I've seen, the ballpark looks like a cool ballpark. Kev, did you ever make the the, the trip to Detroit? I did. If you recall, we were there in 2013 when our old friend Anibal Sanchez struck out 18 batters in a game. Uh, so that was uh, that's the only time I ever made it out there uh, to the ballpark in in Detroit. But it is they did a nice job. It's still it's a newer facility, but they sort of built it like an old school. There's a there's a carousel. Matter of fact, in one of the in one part of the concourse, one of those really mm-hmm. old amusement style uh, carousels. So, yeah, right. I've only been out there once and it was a forgettable end to a three city road trip where things if it could go bad, it, it went worse than that. It was hard <laughs> to believe. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool. There's not a whole lot else to do in the city, uh, but I would recommend if, if you're if you're at, uh, you know, a couple of ballparks left on your on your list of crossing them all off. Yeah, it's it's a cool place to take in a game for sure. Don't don't go in April though. It's too cold. <laughs> go, go go middle of the summer. It's a little bit more seasonal out there. <laughs> it's or Braves visit there June 12th through the 14th, so perfect. Perfect. It's like Cleveland uh looks like we're going to be there in July, which uh, would be a good time to go to Cleveland, not any other time. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I still got to get to Cleveland and go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a trip we could take. We can reminisce about the 95 World Series up there. Braves are there on July 4th. So mm-hmm. let's just put it up. We're going to go catch the Braves in Cleveland July 4th and go see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's more American than that? Braves baseball, two historical teams, Rock and Roll of Fame. There you go. There, there's like five reasons to go right there. I got mm-hmm. something more American than that. You ready for this? Yes. We were in Cleveland. On Easter weekend, and we played Sunday night baseball on Easter, and I could not find a place to get breakfast that Sunday morning, so I had a cheeseburger inside the casino near the hotel, sitting there by myself on Easter Sunday morning, (laughs) having a cheeseburger in the middle of the casino. Awesome. Felt great. God bless America. Love it. Felt great about a lot of things that day. All right, well, let's move over. Let's finish out the American League because we've got uh, some great American League East matchups, uh, some really some heavy hitters coming to town. Uh, I mean, let's start with with the Yankees. This is middle of August. The Yankees come to town. It'll be fascinating as we're sitting here recording this today. We don't know if Aaron Judge is back with the Yankees or not, but I mean, I hate to say this as a Braves fan, but whether regardless of who's playing for them, it's still the Yankees, and that's still a big series. Regardless, uh, you just always want to beat the Yankees. So what do you think, Kev? What do you think about the Yanks coming to town? I mean, it's always star power when the New York Yankees go anywhere. Uh, I know someone who travels with them, and they said it's like uh, it's like the Beatles. Every time they, they get to a city, I mean, there's just people that want to line up, and you know Yankee fans are going to travel as well. So, uh, look, I'll, I'll say it. 62 homers. How do you not bring Aaron Judge back? 
he'll be a Yankee. I think they'll find a way uh, to make that happen. But when it comes to pitching, you know, you're going to get Garrett Cole. You never miss Garrett Cole when you take on uh, a series against the Yankees. Tyone had a really good year as well, Jamison Tyone. And then again, offensively, we know that Rizzo is going to be back. And uh, I think that's a team that, look, they're always going to spend money in the offseason. So look for them to continue to add. Like I said, it's always when the Yankees come to town, it's always a big deal. Whether it's, you know, middle of the season or whether it's the playoffs, it's always just feels more important than it is. Um, so, yeah, it's always fun. So, Brave fans, get those tickets so the Yankee fans can't get them, so they can't get their paws on them. Make sure you keep them that. outside in the battery. Amen to that. Well, speaking <laughs> of getting tickets, I, I think if you're a Braves fan, you know, I used before I started working in baseball, moved to Atlanta. Me and my buddies would take at least one weekend a trip every year to to Atlanta to see the Braves. Uh, one of my best friends, he would come with me. He's a big Orioles fan. So usually every year we do one weekend in Atlanta and then we drive up to Baltimore for a weekend of Orioles games. If you're a Braves fan that travels and comes in for a weekend or maybe if you're able to make it for almost a week, if you plan a full week vacation around Braves games, I think this homestand in early May of three games, a weekend set against the Orioles and a two-gamer against the Red Sox. I think that's a, a really, really fun homestand. The Orioles are... they're. they're They've got they got some dudes on that team, and they are a team on the rise. And I think they're going to be making some noise uh, over the next few years. So talk about that homestand, Kev, the Orioles and Red Sox coming to town in May. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the Orioles, they, they had a, a great year. I mean, I think fans in Baltimore should really be excited. Look, they got a lot of young players that got great experience. Think about kind of when the Braves were in their rebuilding years where they had guys that came up, whether it was Swanson or Ozzy, getting their feet wet when the expectations weren't really there. For, it, for, for a ball club to be a playoff team. Uh, but obviously, when you look at what Baltimore did with Rutschman, really, really good young player, uh, catcher. Uh, you've got uh, Santander had a, had a nice year, 33 homers. Uh, Mountcastle, Mullins. I mean, they've got some players. Austin Hayes had a good year, too. So uh, maybe not a lot of household names yet. Give it time, though. They've got some players. And uh, again, they're doing it with a young core that they're going to try to keep together for a long time. So while Mancini is gone, we know he's with Houston now. I was a little surprised that that move happened for a team that was playing as well as they were. Yeah, Baltimore is a, a team that's going to be pesky uh, in the in the foreseeable future. And then, of course, the Red Sox, uh, a team that, uh, look, they, they don't deal with rebuilds very well up there in Boston. That's a team that they want to contend and they want to compete every single year. So maybe not to the level of the Yankees. Uh, but there is something kind of cool about seeing, uh, you know, seeing the, the the Boston Red Sox come to town, and of course, knowing the history that the Braves have in Boston. Um, there's always that little element of history as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's cool. It, it'll be a fun fun uh, homestand, no doubt about it. But Baltimore team on the rise, and uh, one that you can't just look at and say ah, that's a series victory right there because they are they're playing really good ball, and I think they're going to continue to do so for many years to come. Well, right after the Red Sox leave town on May 10th and the Braves hit the road and head up to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. Greg, did you ever play? Uh, did you ever pitch up in Toronto? I did. Yep. Good town. I wish I'd spent a little bit more time there. I was with the Mets, I think, at the time. But, uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful country up there. And and then uh, they, they're not the team they are now. I think that team right now is uh, ready to uh, do some good things. I don't know what the final pieces are for them, but they've got a lot of good young talent. And they're fun to watch, for sure. Plus, I get to see – I mean, some of these kids are uh, – their dads I competed against. So it's kind of interesting for me to watch them play. I bet. Yeah, that the – 
Blue Jays roster is that's a really, really fun one between Vladdy. I mean, you just go down the list. It's just all these last names of guys you competed against and the guys that, that Kevin and I were watching growing up. I mean, watching like, mm-hmm. you know, Craig Biggio, my little cousins, they were huge Astros fans growing up. And every time we get together for family gatherings or whatever, they'd have their Craig Biggio jerseys on and all that kind of stuff. So it is kind of it's kind of cool to see that generational thing happen. And that's a really special thing about that Blue Jays team that we've got going there. So, Kev, I know you've enjoyed visiting uh, our friends up north of the border as well on road trips over the years. Not the not the greatest of ballparks, but I'll say this, Greg, I don't know about you, but uh, when that roof is open and you have the CN Tower right there and you, you if if they had a ballpark that, that you could open things up and see downtown Toronto, it's a beautiful city. Uh, I really enjoy going up there. I've been up there a couple of times. And then obviously there's a lot of star power in their rotation. Alec Manoa had a great year this year. Kevin Gossman, he got that big long-term deal from the Blue Jays uh, to really be their number two. They got Barrios in there as well. And then, like you mentioned, the uh, the pedigree of guys like Biggio and uh, Bichette and, of course, Vlad Jr. Uh, good team in a tough division. And uh, look, I would love to see postseason baseball back in Toronto because those fans up there, man, they are they are diehards. And when things are going well, that building's packed. And again, when that roof's open, it just it's such a different feel. Uh, and the ball travels well there, too. So for a, for a Braves team that hits a lot of home runs and for a Blue Jays team that's been known to hit the long ball, you could see some really high. You could see some football scores uh, between those two teams and <laughs> some, some high scoring uh, contests between these two teams. Definitely. Well, and finishing it out. So the Braves will go visit. They'll visit Tampa Bay uh, in July, leading into the all star break and say what you will about the trot. But Tampa Tampa Bay, the team is just that that's always a tough opponent. So I, I think that's that's reason enough to go right there is to see the Braves take on a quality, a, another contender, another quality team to see how they stack up against them. And uh, I tell you, I've gained, a, I've gained a, a real appreciation for that part of Florida since we moved our spring training uh, complex to that general area of Florida. I hadn't spent much time on the Gulf Coast until we opened our, our complex in Northport a couple years ago. And I just think anytime you get to visit that part of the country, that part of the state, it's uh, uh, that's an enjoyable trip, I think. So, and, and a team that historically is like bottom five, bottom six in, in payroll, but finds ways to win ball games. And it, it's a, it's a good team. McClanahan this year was the was the big story. Again, a guy that probably nationally didn't get a ton of love yet, uh, but he keeps putting up numbers like he did this year. Shane McClanahan was a strikeout machine. Uh, he was going out there and punching you know eight to ten guys out every time he took the mound. So, it's fun to see a team that does doesn't spend, you know, in the upper echelon of, of teams around the game, but still finds a way to be a contender. And that's exactly what that raise bunch is. Kevin, I would love to sit in their baseball ops, minor league programming meetings and just <laughs> scouting and what they're looking at, because obviously I'm sure there's a, a bunch of teams that are trying to duplicate what they do. I don't know what the secret sauce is for them. I think you've got to be either one way or the other. I think the Rays have shown that they are just like all in on analytics. And I think some teams have been a little resistant to go that route completely. So I think you see some people caught in between. But I think there's something to you can be caught, but then you can also create some balance. And I think that's one thing I really appreciate about our organization is that we do have a balanced approach. But um 
you know, and then I think money helps, right? So you can have some money and right, and then you can be caught. But, uh, you know, the A's kind of started all that, and I was kind of fortunate to play during that era where the where the A's really kind of set the stage for all that kind of stuff with Billy Bean, and and they were all in on uh, value and analytics and stuff, and and they made it work for a long time. I don't know why all of a sudden their secret sauces kind of run out, but it seems like they were the poster child for that. Now it's the Rays, uh, but it's a pretty fascinating case study. I think analytics gets a bad rap too, right? Like it's just more information. And if you have a chance to have more information to help you win a baseball game, I don't see a problem in that. I still am kind of old school in the, I like the eye test. I like to be able to see a guy know what he can do as opposed to just reading numbers on a spreadsheet. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, I think if you're trying to get yourself an edge with more information, I I don't see a problem with that. So I do think sometimes the analytics thing that they're doing, same with what happened out in Oakland, I think that gets a bad rep sometimes part of the game it's not going anywhere yeah. and anytime you can give yourself an edge by getting a little bit more information i think that's right. huge i think the problem is on the player side because you can only handle so much and if you get if you are totally in, immersed in that then it's kind of like have you ever played golf have you ever had oh, yeah. 10 10 swing thoughts instead of one yeah. right so Pretty i much think every time i swing <laughs> right so i think there's something to that when you when you can be uh, frozen and, and over analyzing something and you can think too much. So there's something about your athletic ability and, and allowing that there's a free space, you know, being in the zone. I guarantee you ask some of the greatest athletes when they're in the zone, they weren't thinking about anything. Right. But when you start thinking about all this information, so I, I think there's a maturity level with and and a skill to that where you've got to understand as an athlete, there's certain things you have to do. But then, you, you know, there may be some prep involved. But at some point, your athletic ability has got to come over. If you walk up to the plate thinking about some of that stuff, you're going to be in trouble. If you go out on the mound thinking about some of that stuff, it's not going to work. So I think that's that's where the rap, that's where the bad rap comes because they, they don't understand that. Yes, preparation wise versus competing. But you know they see guys pulling little things out of their out of their pants and out of their hat and looking at it. So you can, can kind of get a bad rap thinking, oh, he's thinking too much out there, and we don't want our guys. We want them just to go play and be athletic. Well, so we've gotten through the entire American League. So now let's let's move over to our our league. Now, you, American League, as we kind of outlined there, you'll be able to see. I you'll get a chance if you want to see the Braves take on any American League team. It will happen either at Truist Park or on the road somewhere. National League, a little more what you're accustomed to, and that you'll get to see if you want to see the Braves take on the Padres. You can do it here at Truist Park, or you'll be able to do it out in San Diego. In fact. Speaking of the Padres, if you want to see them play the Padres, uh, you better get tickets for April because that's when all the series against the Padres happen. And then we follow up with a home series with the Dodgers in May. So, Kev, I think there's a lot of pretty obvious reasons, uh, talent-wise and competition-wise, Braves fans should want to see them take on the Padres and Dodgers. But why don't you just uh, share your thoughts on those, uh, those two real quick? Yeah, Manny Machado obviously had a great year uh, for San Diego. Uh, look, that's a Padres team that's still going to be without Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, when the Braves see him next year. So obviously you catch a break there, but it's not necessarily a huge break because they had one of the hottest hitters in the game in Trent Grisham uh, this postseason run. He had a great uh, month of uh, October. Uh, probably didn't last as long as he had hoped. But And again, pitching. You know, look, they've spent a lot of money. They got two guys with $300-plus million contracts in San Diego. Who would have ever seen 
seen that coming even just a few years ago. And then you move on to the Dodgers, a team that's always going to be top one, top two in payroll. Didn't translate this year. You wonder um, you know, what they do this offseason, how they continue to try to find ways to, to get even better, which is scary because they're already a really darn good baseball team. But uh, obviously, uh, you know what you're going to get with both those teams. They're going to pitch. They're going to hit. You're going to have some really, really good teams. And look, it's you don't want to say they're measuring sticks by any stretch of the imagination, but they'll be, you know, the two of the top three teams, top top four teams in the National League going at it. So it'll kind of feel like uh, playoff baseball in in April, uh, and that's pretty cool uh, when you know that you still have a, a long season to go. Um, so again, star power, lots of it on display uh, for me. And again, a lot of guys on that Padres team that you you know of. Cronenworth is the guy that I still, I love that guy. I love watching him play uh, second base for San Diego. So while there's a lot of other bigger names on the marquee out there at uh, Petco Park, uh, for me, that's that's one, uh, that's a team, both those teams are, are teams that uh, worth every penny price of admission because you'll see some really, really good head-to-head matchups. I think the Dodgers matchup in particular, look, there's been a rivalry there between the Braves and the Dodgers in recent years. And I think that with both the Dodgers and the Braves in the market for a shortstop, either bringing back the one they had or possibly bringing in a new one, I think that adds even more intrigue just to see once all this musical chairs of free agency settles to see where they both land and then to have them face against each other. Again, I think that's going to be uh that's going to be a pretty big matchup. It's, and think about this too. It's really rare to have a team that you view as a rival. That's not in your own division. And that's what Atlanta and Los Angeles has become. It's become a rivalry. These two teams do not like each other. Their fan bases do not like each other. I see it on social media all the time. Maybe not quite as, uh, as nasty as Braves and Mets fans going at it, but uh, <laughs> ultimately to have a rival who's not even in your own division, that speaks volumes to what this this series and this head-to-head matchups become. Yeah, and then, Greg, in your playing days, I mean, uh, back when the Braves were still in the NL West, I remember watching a lot of Braves-Dodgers games back in the day. So it's... it's Yeah, Dodgers were were the team that we hated. I mean, they were all the pretty boys. Um, <laughs> you think about, uh, you know, Brett Butler and Oral Hershiser, and and then it became Piazza and Karros and, and uh, Martinez and those guys. You know, I grew up watching the Braves, and it was always Braves. Your number one enemy were the Dodgers. And then when I started pitching and playing in the league, that's what it was. So now, you know, the Mets, they don't really feel like, it's not. It's not my it doesn't feel that way to me. You know, the Philly, I just don't like Philly. So, I mean, it's that's just I think that's a consensus around Major League Baseball. Uh, but the, as far as inner inner uh, division rivalry that I don't know much could overtake what it was like Braves Dodgers and then the Giants were right there too just because those guys were good and we battled for them for a while as well well let's 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 go with the Giants then so the Braves kind of like they faced the Padres home and away in April same deal with the Giants in, in August uh you face them at home one weekend and then you're out in, in uh, San Francisco the next weekend Giants I just I saw Jock accepted his qualifying offer so Jock Peterson will presumably still be with the Giants but what do you got on the Giants Kev well, to me, uh, Oracle Park uh, is the gem of all Major League Baseball. You know, you throw out Wrigley and Fenway there and even Dodger Stadium to a, a little bit lesser degree because they're the old school buildings. But for me, I mean, it's it's funny. We talk about Oakland not being the greatest of ballparks. It's three miles away right across the bay from Oracle Park, which to me is the best place to see a game. Um, food options are incredible. And, you know, it's always funny. It's always cold when you go out there. Right. So you've played a long, hot summer in Atlanta and you go out there and you're packing on sleeves and jackets and it's 50 degrees with the the wind howling. Greg, probably not as bad as it was at old Candlestick Park. But uh, 
I think these guys maybe get a little rejuvenated. You've played in the hot summer all year long. It's been 95 degrees here in Atlanta. You go out there and it's 60. There's no humidity. It's beautiful during the day. You get some walking in and you get a chance to go play at night. So uh, for me, I think that's that's good to go out there later on in the season. Yeah, what what an interesting place to play because – it's so different when you think about you're just coming out of Atlanta, you know, it's a it's a million degrees, it's humid, and all of a sudden you gotta deal with the ball being dry, the wind. It's just it's a really it's a really not only the travel, right, but then all of a sudden the team's good, the 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 you know, the weather's different and you just have to create a, a different mindset. It is a challenge to go there as a visitor and, and to play right in the middle of the season. So uh expect to see expect to see some challenges for the for the team on a number of reasons for that. And and think about this too, guys. The Giants win, what, 107 games last year? And then they were a disappointment this year. So they went from the highest of highs to really disappointing uh, season in 2022. So a team looking to rebound. Uh, and you know San Francisco is going to spend money. So whether they get in the Iron Judge sweepstakes or not, there's been some talk about that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a fun place to play, and their fans. If it's a, a full house, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Philly fans, and I guess I can because I'm from there. But man, Giant fans they they rival Philly fans. Those those folks are uh, they're into their team. Mm. Their teams are doing well, so it's it can be a bit of an intimidating place to play. Maybe not like the Raiders crowd, but uh, it, it can be a it can be a pretty pretty lively bunch out there in the uh, in the left field bleachers. Well, another thing we didn't mention is they got the super manager. I mean, Gabe Kapler. So, I mean, that's that's a challenge in and of itself. <laughs> I, uh, I love just I just love any chance Greg gets to talk about Gabe Kapler on the show. It's been it's my it's my favorite. The man who would uh, love twenty seven pitchers on his staff per game. <laughs> Well, on that note, Kev, let's wrap up the, the NL West. We got Rockies and uh, Rockies and the D-backs. Rockies come to Truist Park in June. Braves go out to uh, Denver late August. Diamondbacks come to town here at Truist Park in mid-July, and Braves go out there early June. I'm first weekend of June, so two, I guess, rebuilding clubs to, that haven't seen much much success in recent years. You know, I I think from now. For the next few years, when I think of Arizona, I'm probably going to be thinking of Drew Jones, even though he's a young kid and he, he got hurt right after being drafted last year. But that's that's one thing that always comes to mind with him. But what do you think, uh, Rockies and D-backs? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on uh, those matchups, Kev? Well, you think about Colorado last offseason, they signed Chris Bryant, and you're wondering, okay, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. They give him a ton of money, and then he was hurt most of this year. He did not play a whole lot. Um, so, look, those are these are two teams that, and I said the same about the Diamondbacks with uh, the, the addition of Bum Gardner a few years ago. It was, wasn't like they were one piece away and they were adding players like that into the mix. So look, there are two teams that have a long way to go and they got their work cut out for them in that division, knowing how deep the pockets are in Los Angeles, in San Francisco and in San Diego. I mean, they've got a big time challenge uh, for me, you know, Arizona, the, Christian Walker was a, a former uh, brave farmhand. He went out there and had a terrific year. I mean, this guy had 36 bombs, nearly drove in a hundred runs and they've got some good young players as well with Varsho and some other guys. But uh, ultimately uh, two teams that I don't even know if you call them in recent 
rebuilt. Like, I don't even know what you really classify them as. Uh, right now, you sort of classify them as also Rans in that division because that's where they are. But um, again, it, Coors Field, tough place to play. You got to play at altitude. Uh, humongous outfield. Outfielders have uh, uh, obviously a lot of ground to cover when they're out there. I feel pretty good about having Michael Harris out there in center field now uh, every single day, along with Acuna, who will be healthy again next year. And then, you know, Arizona has been a place that the Braves have hit a ton of home runs over the field over the years. So uh, I just hope that Ben and Joe in the radio booth don't get uh, any more foul ball souvenirs hit their way because they almost got taken out a couple times uh, while we were in Arizona <laughs> this past summer. So uh, I like Arizona. I know a lot of folks kind of talk bad about Chase Field. Look, it's got a roof. It's in the desert. It's a billion degrees outside. Um, and the fans, when they when they're playing well and they do that little rattlesnake sound effect, that place gets loud. Unfortunately, they haven't had a whole lot of that here lately. But um, two teams that have a good lot of good young players. And then with Colorado, they've spent on pitching with Marquez and with Freeland and some other guys. But uh, obviously, your your pitching numbers are going to be drastically inflated when you're uh, when you're pitching at uh, at altitude like they are up there in Denver. Well, in keeping in keeping with what we were talking about with those two teams, let's move over to the NL Central to the Pirates and Reds, because kind of kind of a similar deal there. Like I guess the Pirates are are rebuilding, but if 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 I'm a Braves fan, that's all. I'll be honest, as a and I am a Braves fan. This is on my Braves bucket list is to catch a game at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. I've driven by it in the off season, and I mean it just it's it's amazing. Just the view of that place, it, that building itself is amazing. So that for me is is one reason I want to go. The Reds. What's their mascot? Is it Mr. Uh, Mr. Redlegs. What's his Mr. name? Mr. Redlegs. Yeah. Yeah. There's another stash. goofy looking thing that. Some yeah. big kind of purplish thing. I'm not really sure what that guy is. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. But <laughs> we got the Reds and Pirates. So Braves, you get to if you want to see the Braves take on the Reds at home. That'll be the first home stand in April, and then they go out to Cincinnati in, uh, in in June, and then Pittsburgh. They go to visit Pittsburgh and PNC Park in in August, and we'll have the Pirates here at at Truist Park in. There it is, September. Okay, <laughs> September. Sorry, that's a good time to play the Pirates next year. I would, I, I would buy tickets to see that if you're a Braves fan. Uh, what do you think? About, what do you think about the Pirates and Reds there, Kev? <laughs> O'Neill Cruz. Uh, if you're going to sit out in the chop house, uh, wear catcher's gear, put a helmet on. The guy hits the ball 125 <laughs> miles an hour exit velocity, and he's like seven and a half feet tall. But playing shortstop, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, he's been regarded as their top prospect for a while now, one of the top uh, prospects in the game. And he came up, set the world on fire for Pittsburgh on a team that didn't have a whole lot else to be really excited about this year. So uh, for me, O'Neill Cruz is uh, really impressive. I wonder how long he sticks at shortstop just because of how big of a body he is. Uh, move him over to first base and you got one heck of a target. I think at one point this year, he was six seven playing shortstop and they had like a six foot first baseman so it's almost like throwing <laughs> downhill to throw the ball over to first it just didn't seem like it made a whole lot of sense uh, and then Cincinnati like you said sort of a team that's been in transition and uh, they've they've moved on from a lot of their big name players over the last few years great American ballpark kind of walkable right from downtown one of the best ice cream places in the game graders up there in mm. the uh, in the little square there fountain square in Cincinnati and then when it comes to, to PNC Park in Pittsburgh you park downtown you walk across the Clemente Bridge. And if you're ever there going to Pittsburgh to see a game, they have a really, really cool Clemente Museum. It's in an old firehouse and there's a winery down in the basement. They actually make their own wine there. Uh, so if you uh, you ask nicely, maybe they'll they'll give you a little tour and let you let you pull a cork while you're in there as well. So give you an extra <laughs> extra reason to go to Pittsburgh. Nice. 
I've never had Skyline Chili. I'm going to don't, assume. Don't. don't? Okay. Oh, oh my God, Rick, don't. Everyone, everyone always talks about this is you got to get it. And I tried it and, and they serve it in the press box. And I'll just say this. There's a reason they put three and a half pounds of cheese on top of it because something's got to give that stuff some flavor. I put it on yeah, spaghetti, too. Yeah, on spaghetti. See, that's, <laughs> this is where I think I feel like I would like it. It's. Spaghetti, good. Chili, good. Cheese, good. I mean, I don't say I don't say. I'll, may I? I'll go to Cincy and I'll try it. How about that? There you go. Okay, well, I'm telling you not to do it. I'm just telling okay. You fair enough. <laughs> I right, barbecue place. That's right. Well, let's finish out the Central. We got we got the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, Cubs. I think it's going to be very very interesting to see what, if anything, they do this off season. If they make some big moves, or if they, to me, just as a baseball fan, I, I don't feel like the Cubs at this point should be rebuilding. A lot like uh, it, it should be the expectation there should be kind of like, like we talked about with the Boston Red Sox earlier. Like this is, shouldn't be a team that rebuilds, in my opinion. They should be an annual a perennial contender. But anyways, Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals. What do you think about the rest of the central? Well, you know, you're going to get pitching when you take on the Brewers. There's no doubt about it. They got some really good arms. They don't score a ton of runs, but when they have the type of pitching they have, you don't necessarily have to score five, six, seven runs a night to win a lot of ball games. So pitching, pitching, and more pitching is going to be on display when you take on Milwaukee. Cardinals, you know, they're always pesky. Man, you want to talk about a team that just never strikes out. I don't care what you you try to do against those guys. They're just not going to punch out ever. And obviously they had a big year this year. They get to the playoffs and uh, they've got a lot of aspirations moving forward uh, in that division. It really feels like it's either them uh, or Milwaukee. It feels like those two teams are going to battle it out at least for the next few years for that top spot uh, in the division. Cubs to me are the one in the central that I keep the closest eye on. Uh, I don't think the Ricketts family is overly thrilled with being in a rebuild and, you know, losing the likes of Schwarber and Rizzo and Bryant and some of the other big names that are, are gone Baez that are gone uh, from, from wearing that Cubs uh, uniform. So I think they're going to spend, I think they're going to spend a lot of money this off season. Uh, Wrigley field, even though they're not a great baseball team, they put a lot of butts in the seats in that place and still one of my, favorite places to go. I took my son this summer. We went out and uh, saw a couple of games at Wrigley Field. So, um, yeah, if you're a history history buff, you love the game, you love the history of the game of baseball, man, it doesn't get much better than Wrigley Field. And and they their Friday games are always day games because of traffic and because of city regulations. So I saw a T-shirt that someone was wearing in the building. It just said Friday, 1.20 p.m. That's all it said on it. I said, that is a really sweet Cubs shirt. So, uh, yeah, right. I, I think that they're a, they're a few years away. Uh, but uh, Cardinals and Brewers, you know, you're always going to have your work cut out for you for two really different reasons. Well, and then we can wrap up with our division. I think our fans and listeners need the probably need the least amount of education about these four teams because we see them so often. But I'll give you all my first takeaway for next year in the NL East that I think is interesting because of the updated, the balanced schedule. We're not going to play all of those four teams as much as we have. So I think that all of those matchups home and away now even have an even extra uh, importance placed upon them. So is that I mean, Kev, what are, what are your first thoughts on the on the East next year and the reduced yeah. amount of games? You got to handle your business against the Nationals and the Marlins. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. The teams that have the most success against those two teams, and I'm not bashing either one of them, but they're not contenders. They're they're teams mm-hmm. that are far off. So, um, look, Miami's got some good young players. I really like Jazz Chisholm, uh, a really uh, enthusiastic young man out there at second base. It's a lot of home runs. Uh, Nationals, a team that, gosh, they are three years removed from winning a World Series. And you look at their roster and you go, oh, I don't, don't really know a whole lot of 
these guys anymore. Uh, I kind of like it. I, I mean, I look 19 times against the same division teams. It got to be a little much. Now, that being said, that series against the Mets at the end of the year was unbelievable. The atmosphere at Truist Park and how much was on the line to win the division once again. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I'm OK with, you know, 14 times as opposed to 19 uh, Phillies going to the World Series this year. They're going to be right there in contention again. They're in the mix uh, as this uh, big shortstop class is available. Uh, Mets, you know, they're going to spend money and they're making some big time changes to City Field as well. So there's a lot of construction going on. They're like doubling the size of their scoreboard. I think they're bringing some of the fences in as well. Um, so yeah, look, it, it, it's a really, to me, this National League East is the most competitive division there is. I would probably throw the National League West as the close second. Uh, but man, the, the NL East is going to be must-see TV for, for many, many years to come. Three really, really good teams. And uh, obviously with the Braves, uh, they, they've owned this division the last five years. So See if they can't just go ahead and make it six and maybe make it a little bit easier on all of us not to come down to those final couple of games. I don't know about you guys, man. I was I was grabbing the heartburn pills on a nightly basis, uh, getting ready for, for those games down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, those September like do or die games are, are a lot of fun until you're you're the one that it can do or die. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, they do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Greg, what do you think about uh, the East next year? Well, yeah, I mean, as I look across baseball, it's it seems like there's a couple of of divisions that are just really, really tough. And and ours is one of the one of the biggest ones, just like it ended up being this year. It's funny how a few years ago, nobody was picking anybody from the from the east, you know, and then we've just it's kind of evolved because then the Nationals won the World Series and then we won the World Series and then the Phillies went to the World Series. And so in a short period of time, this whole division has just turned to where it is. It is looked at one of the more, more formidable divisions in baseball. And and, uh, you know, and I think, like you said, you can put the West right there with the Dodgers, the Padres and the and the Giants. But uh, it, it's fun because there are. You know, it's the division that we live in, even though it's a challenge. The one thing I'll say is that since we're not playing the teams like the Marlins and the Nationals as much, because we we I think the been the story of the last couple of years, we've always handled our business with the Nationals and the and the um, and the Marlins and that. We, we always took it, and that's why we end up winning the division now with a more balanced schedule. That's going to play in all these other teams as well. So I don't know how that will shake out, but um, but I'm excited to see because I know that it's going to be super competitive. Everybody's got a lot of young players, and and it should be a great another great summer of baseball. Absolutely. Well, Kev, I promised you we would have you on for 30 minutes, not a minute longer, and I think we've gone about twice that. So thank you for being good sport <laughs> and obliging us. We much much appreciate Appreciate it, and good luck to Max as he starts basketball season. I know he had his first practice last night, so mm-hmm. excited to see see some highlights from his basketball season. Yeah, I think he's going to be running the point for his squad uh, here this uh, this winter. We'll, we we worked on the layups and the passing last night. We'll see what kind of jumper he's got when we uh, push things mm-hmm. back a little bit. But hey, man, it, it was it was fun. Looking forward to it, and uh, it should be a very eventful off season. So uh, we'll see how things all shake out. But I, I think we'll have plenty to talk about over the next couple of months. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Absolutely. Kev, we appreciate you. You're the best, man. Love you guys. See See you, buddy.